This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace, the most professional, user-friendly, customer-supported, easy-to-use way to make your very own professional website, portfolio, blog, or online store. Get a free trial by going to squarespace.com, and when you're ready to sign up, use the offer code THUMBS at checkout for 10% off your first order. That's squarespace.com with the offer code THUMBS. How does this podcast start again? Oh, I introduce it. Mm-hmm. It's, and I... I no, you introduce it. <clears throat> I say it's, you say, say, and this and is Idle Thumbs, I say whatever it's, number. you say it's Idle Thumbs, whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. This exact intro, literally all of those words have been said so yep. many times. Yep. It's true. <sighs> do you ever wish you could rewind time? Nope. Oh, that's good. Actually, I do every day of my life. Yeah. <laughs> don't we all? I wish I could rewind time to back before I said I don't wish I could rewind time so that I said I wished I could so that in case a genie was listening, mm. uh, I would get that wish. I don't know what podcast you think this is, Chris, but it's a video game podcast. There's no genies here. <laughs> Unless it's the Unless genie is represented in Aladdin for the Aladdin. Super Nintendo yeah. or Aladdin for the Sega Genesis, and one of those two genies is yes. better. I yes. guarantee it. One of them was touched by an animator. It's February 2018. And this is Idle Thumbs. I'm Chris Reno. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. Oh, man. Things are just decaying rapidly on this podcast. I'm taking a page out of Nick Brecken's Important If True playbook. And even not listing the number anymore. Oh, shit. I didn't list the number. Oh, no number. What number is this? 316 or something? Do the readers really care? I care. Uh, Is this Idle Thumbs 316 as held up at many football games uh, across (laughs) the history of the NFL? (laughs) No idea what that means. It's a John 3.16 reference, Chris. Oh, what is John uh, 3.16? A Bible verse that no, I can't I, remember. Okay, I think it's I mean, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, blah, 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 blah. It's the <laughs> one about how Jesus dies for your sins. Why do they? Why is that a football game thing? It's so everyone can find Jesus by when watching the NFL televised. Oh. It was just there was a guy who held that sign up at a lot of games for a long time. Huh. He was a notable like NFL audience man. God, I was right. It is Saddle Thumbs 3.16. Yeah. Brought to you by your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Brought to uh, our Lord and Savior, video games. <laughs> Welcome to it. Welcome to video games, you two. Thanks. How's Thanks. it going? I feel like I had something to say. Now I don't. Which is pretty much my life. That's that's my <laughs> podcast life. <laughs> um. Well, there is something. There is a game that I think we can talk about, Nick. You and I, at least. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, called. Although I think Jake would like this game too. Called Celeste. <clears throat> this was a game I. Literally did not even know this game existed until a couple days ago, and then Same. suddenly I saw people tweeting about it and talking about it and and saying it's amazing. And based on essentially no, in, I genuinely didn't even really know what genre it was, and I just got it on Steam and I downloaded it and I started playing it, and I think it's great. Yep. Um, this is a Celeste is a side-scrolling. Very intense platformer, I would say almost in the vein of a Super Meat Boy or something, except that, I mean, mechanically in the vein of Super Meat Boy in the sense that it is really requires precision. There's a lot of kind of wall jumping and general platforming acrobatics. So um, like move movement mechanics internalization over me- Mega Man style memorization, potentially? Uh, yes. Mm. But it ha- I mean, you do and, need to both. learn. It's you, both. I mean, yeah, you do need to sort of learn the level mm-hmm. like you do in Mega Man, but but not in a way that feels cheap. 
or okay. Unfair. I mean, in Meepo, you also end up internalizing the level, yeah. but it's it's a different feeling than Mega yeah. Man is for me. I mean, I guess the thing that is technically more similar to Mega Man is that these are actual levels that conti- that are long, big. You know, these are big levels okay. that are contiguous. As that was that was to, another question. And yeah. sort of in the sort of Meat Boy in the post Meat Boy platforming world, the other example is Ori in the Blind Forest, which yeah. has the sort of Meat Boy style mm-hmm. type movement, but is a huge right. no- never ending Metroidvania so, world. Right, and yeah. just to keep, I guess, like. D- defining this game in even more granular terms, which may or may not be necessary. Sorry. Uh, d- no, 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 it's fine. I mean, it's, it's, uh, all these things are There's actually. so many s- of these games that sort right. of play with and these And all these rule things sets. are significant to how this game actually feels. Um, unlike something like Ori, each screen is discrete. Okay. So you, 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 to get to the next screen, you have to like complete yeah. the screen. <laughs> but un- the board. unlike Mega yeah. Man, though, you can and have often have to go back to a screen that you uh, previously traversed. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I feel like I've now internalized <laughs> Celeste. Yep. You'd you'd win it if you played it. You'd beat the game. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> I understand the rules of this game. I can yeah. master it. Yeah. I can master these boards. Mm-hmm. Conquer the boards. Um, so this game is really difficult, and I think importantly, can, is at least the amount I've played, which is several hours. I actually streamed this game, the f- maybe the first two or three levels, which doesn't sound like a lot, but they are long. <laughs> they. Are, and they get longer, it seems to me, at least the amount I've played. Um, so if you want to watch me play this game, you can do so at our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash idlevideos. Uh, but I really enjoyed it, and I'll probably stream more of it, actually, maybe this weekend, because I think I have some time. And I think it's fantastic. I mean, it has a lot of what I love in games of this nature, which is a very highly tuned set of movement mechanics rather than combat mechanics, which is something mm-hmm. I really enjoy in platformers like this. There, there, There is a level that has enemies to deal with, but the nature of that enemy is even in itself interesting and novel and not in any way like sort of just jumping on a bunch of automatons or shooting them or whatever. Not that there's anything wrong with that intrinsically. Not that there's anything wrong like, with automatons. Right. <laughs> uh, but it's just a game that, that is... Both, I think, very um, – it owes a lot to games like it in the past, but is also novel in ways that keep it from feeling uh, dusty or uh, unimaginative. Would you agree with that, Nick? Uh, yeah. You know what's interesting, actually, is this game started as a, a game jam game, um, and you can still play it on um – Sorry, what's the developer's name again? Thor- Thorson, right? Mike? Oh, it's Matt Makes Matt, Games. Matt. Matt, Matt that's that's Matt Towerfall, Thor- right? Yeah, Towerfall. Towerfall guy. Yeah, person, yeah. Yep. Yeah, if you go to his website, he has a link to the Game Jam version of this game. Um, and he made it for like a um, Pico 8 uh, game jam, which I yeah, what I don't, is that? I think it, it's a it's a fake Jake console. It's like a f- yeah, it's a it's a Pico Eight is a fake console. It, yeah, yes, it's yeah. It, Pico Eight is a is a hobbyist game development platform where they sort of invented uh, they invented hardware specs, and I think at this point there's a full like there's program programming languages and authoring tools for a, a game console that never existed, where it has its own palette restrictions and its own resolution and its own way of sort of how it draws and redraws the screen that was sort of inspired by the limitations of old kind of on the cusp between 8 and 16-bit game consoles, but with a lot of modern affordances for sort of indies who want those style constraints, but don't literally want to have to deal with the bullshit of right. writing a Super Nintendo game, but but who sort of like that feel. So there's, yep. Yep. the Pico 8 community is huge. I It's one of those things that I've always wanted to get into because like you... 
Pico 8 games tweet really well, it turns out, because right. there's lots of yeah. little, mm-hmm. just tiny images from yeah, it's bold weird, colors. Yeah, yeah, weird yeah. Pico 8 rendering experiences, or yeah, super brash uh, pixel art. And you can play them in a, in a web browser, too. Yeah. Is, yeah, and, and oh, cool. unsurprisingly, people have made like little dedicated Raspberry Pi hardware that can run Pico 8 sure, yeah, based stuff sense. so you can you can there are Pico 8 like fan consoles and stuff um, Nick did you find the easter egg where you can play the original Pico 8 version of Celeste inside of Celeste no I did not I definitely wouldn't have except that in you know classic fashion someone, oh, someone on the stream helped, on yeah. helped me get there and it's <clears throat> I was sort of, it was totally ruinous to me because it was by this point late at night when I was playing and I I was still able, I was still like progressing (laughs) in the game. I was still able to succeed, but I could feel that sensation of almost like gravity on my brain cells. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Where Mm -hmm. it's just like, oh. So was it difficult uh, to then someone was like, what if we could drill down to a different other Pico for you to learn (laughs) right now? I was already in the middle of this level. a different other Celeste. That was huge. And it was one of these, it was a level where, I mean, this, I don't think this is really a spoiler because it's not – I just don't think it counts as a spoiler. There's a, a level that's basically a hotel and you have to sort of clean the hotel. But the way you do that is just by getting to three different rooms and mm-hmm. sort of completing th- these three objectives. And I got to – I got through – I was almost about to get the second one complete or maybe the third one. And in chat, I was like, chat, like, oh, my God, I've been playing this one level for so long. Like, how much longer of this level do I have? Like, I'm so tired. And someone in chat was like, oh, I think after you clean, finish cleaning the next thing, you're like maybe almost halfway done with the level. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, this is brutal. And then I finally finished cleaning the whole, whole hotel, which I originally had hoped would be the end of the level, but it definitely wasn't, according to this person in chat. And then someone's like, oh, before you leave, make sure to go find this Easter egg. It'll be fun. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll go find some secret and it'll be a good stopping point and I'll just quit the game. And then I find it and it's an entire other game inside of the thing, (laughs) which I still, I didn't realize it was like an original game that Mm. this was based on. I assumed it was just a fun joke. Oh, what if, yeah, what if Celeste like had been an NES game in the fiction of, you know, like whatever. I didn't. I I, I didn't God, realize that it, and so I started playing it, assuming I would just finish it in a few minutes, and it just kept going and going and going and going, and it's entire. It's an entire game unto itself, and then by the end of that, I was just like, oh no, my I'm just like my whole body is just cellularly failing. The here. idea that you fell through your monitor, then into a pinprick that contained an entire <laughs> pocket universe yeah. of the same scale yeah. as the other one you're already in. Uh, oh, good. it was. It, I was almost in a hallucinatory state. And then, and did I, you find the Game Boy P, uh, Celeste that's inside of the inside Pico Eight one? <laughs> uh, God, that would be incredible. Uh, I was actually thinking when I was playing it, what an interesting conceit for a game it would be to keep mm. going inside, like that fractally deep. Yeah, where it just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that I, almost kind of like sort of like a frog fractions thing, but yeah. not so much about the sort of wackiness of it and and more um, trying to like deconstruct the game itself. One could conceivably nest roguelikes inside of roguelikes in that way in a that's way that's what frog fraction 2 is kind of like yeah, but yeah. In, in, in a way that it just would literally be infinite content that then has infinite fractal oh, content God. inside of it and oh, you have to, and then God. you have to choose when yeah. you get back out of there it there actually was a game like that it was uh, Jason Rohrer I think mm. under a starfield sky okay or something did either of you guys ever play that no I, I hope I'm getting I'm hoping I'm remembering the developer right and I'm hoping I'm remembering the name of the game uh, but yeah, it was essentially that. It was like you are, you can sort of go inside enemies, and then each enemy is itself a procedurally generated level. And so that, and so you eventually, yeah, you you start to lose track of 
how many fractal inception levels oh, is it, deep. It's inside a Starfield Sky? Inside a Starfield Sky, an, yeah, that's right. An infinite recursive tactical shooter for one player by Jason Rohrer is yep, the description. Okay, of so that. I was yeah. almost right, yeah. And I, I think it was sort of a really interesting experiment, but I, it ultimately felt so endless and mm-hmm. huge that mm-hmm. I, I couldn't really grab onto anything. I mean, the version of it I was sort of imagining was definitely one that had more of a structure, a sort of intentional structure to it. Yeah. But Inside of Starfield Sky was a really interesting experiment in the vein of what you're talking about. There is sort of a like mid-20th century sci-fi short story conceit to a fractal game that you can lose yourself inside of and people get lost in different layers and don't necessarily Mm. come out. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, you could do it. I mean, there's a version of it that's sort of a narrative thing and there's a version of it that's Almost purely right. I mean, just that kind of game seems like a conceit thing, out of something like The Velt or something like oh, that. Oh, you mean like mm. that game fictionally existing inside of a? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Man, good pull. The Velt. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> it's a short story. Yeah, um, it's a Ray Bradbury short story. Yeah, I think yeah. it is Ray Bradbury. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so right. So anyway, I <laughs> what was are we just, talking about? Yeah. Just, just anyway, we're talking about how Chris collapsing is, in my office. Chris's Celeste-like experience. Yeah. I mean, it sorry. probably didn't come through as me being a total basket case, but in my head, I just was mm-hmm. degrading. Um, <laughs> and then I eventually just signed off. I was so the thing. The other thing that was keeping me from leaving was like, fuck this, because this this little game that I found is sort of an Easter egg. I'm like, is it just a throwaway thing where if I leave, all my progress will be saved? Like I'm so. Mm. Who I want, but first of all, who Who fucking cares? cares? Like, what difference does it make? But in you know, to me and my stupid neurotic brain, I was like, well, if I I've already sunk so much time into the Pico Eight Celeste, like I knew, what if I lose my progress in Pico Eight Celeste? (laughs) Which I mean, this is someone who does almost never completes video games in the first place. What the hell? Like, what do I think the game police are going to come and like arrest me for not having finished the Pico Eight game inside the other game? I'm also not going to finish. Like, what the fuck difference? But anyway. (laughs) So Nick, what's your if you don't finish it? If you you don't finish it, it drills down into a police quest style game where uh, they arrest you. Uh, yeah, for not for not following <laughs> yeah. procedure. God. Yeah. But speaking of which, I know this isn't probably what you meant to talk about, Nick, but it's. I think it's a really amazing thing. Our friend uh, Duncan Fife, who is the writer of the podcast Something True on this very podcast network, and you should definitely listen to it if you haven't. It's a very funny history podcast, very short episodes, uh, which is nice. Um, he wrote recently an extensive uh, history of the it's the fourth police, police quest. Yes, right? yeah, the police quest series generally, but specifically the fourth police quest game, adventure game from Sierra Online in like the early '90s. I forget what year. Yeah, police I quest when, four came out. It was, I think, it was mid '90s. Mid '90s, yeah. And that game was famously, I mean, I remember this being advertised at the time, designed by Daryl F. Gates, the very controversial former police chief of the LAPD who presided over um, that department during the Rodney King uh, beating and riots. And uh, so he wrote a piece about Daryl Gates's involvement with Sierra and Police Quest that was published on Waypoint. And it is a absolutely fascinating read. And if you remember anything about the Police Quest games, or even if you don't, um, it's ju- it's just a really really interesting. Yeah, he frames it really well in terms of yeah. the sort of public reaction to Daryl Gates's existence at the time, and also interview the inter- the article includes interviews with developers at Sierra Online from that time and what they thought about mm-hmm. Daryl Gates just mm-hmm. showing up in their office. Yeah, uh, it's I had never really I didn't. I didn't put that stuff together at the time. Just I wasn't. Oh, I, didn't I wasn't really yeah. a big Sierra player, young, and I was I just right on the cusp really of sort of I, it, yeah. I, I knew <clears throat> the news events 
uh, of of the Rodney King trial, yeah. but I didn't really understand the politics. Yeah. But now looking back and knowing that police, like it's called it's called Police Quest Open Season. Like that name has such a different <laughs> light. Yeah. Uh, understanding the, sort of the political ramifications of all that. Anyway, yeah. that article is really good. It's very uh, very good. Has very high bearing on what happens if you uh, if you ever skimp on your Celeste playthrough. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Sorry to derail that that stupid joke, Nick. That's um, fine. Yeah, Nick. So, what is your what is your uh, Celeste take or whatever? Um, uh, I don't know how much more there's to say about it. I mean, it's it's. I'm I'm really enjoying it. I think um, I'm probably further along than you are, Chris. Actually, I I kind of just started, I would like, imagine so motoring through it uh, yesterday. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. and uh, I don't know. It's just it's it's refreshing to play a game that you know it 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 has the sort of core movement mechanic. Um, the the dash and the uh, and and climb and then beyond that the character doesn't really gain anything else you know they're, 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 in terms of what I love I love that yeah the, like it's just so nice to not have to worry about like oh what like can I what can I do right. now can I double dash like they're doing yeah. all of that stuff in the actual level design which yeah. is just so refreshing and nice and they consistently like you know I don't well, and I don't mechanics know how get added but but not necessarily right. player mechanics right that's right? what yeah not, and they yeah. Mod- Modify you technically, but but they're done. It's just done in a way that's just yeah. Always like, like the enemy tutorialized the enemy level, in a nice way. Really, I mean, you're because because yeah. Like the beginning of each level will just sort of include a fairly like throwaway like you know jump into this bubble and it will like you know rocket you upward or left to the right you know whatever and you can kind of just play around with it and then mm-hmm. they start layering in the challenges which is just really like every level just seems like very well constructed from yeah. the standpoint of like yeah not throwing everything all at you all at once which is really a game that like seems to be in that genre of like super meat boy where uh, we're gonna kill you a lot of you know a million times it's gonna be really funny because you're gonna just will happen yeah which will happen but and there are a couple there are like an obvious few levels or uh puzzles what have you that are designed to sort of like smush you up against the wall and you go oh ha 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 like i didn't expect that yeah. but it's not really overall like a malicious it's game it's not a gotcha game in it's general, not a gotcha yeah. game uh which which it's i just appreciate difficult yeah it's yeah. not like yeah. a shadow gambling uh loot box based no. situation <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's just stuff in it i mean you know nick I, i'm glad you raised the point of sort of it's not a game where you gain new player abilities which i mean i said i love that which doesn't mean that doesn't mean it's bad there's anything it's, wrong with doing that in right. general but i a thing I just really love in video games is, or at least video games of this type, is that feeling that you your fluency is increasing, you mm-hmm. the player, right. and therefore you have more, uh, you're able to do more in the world, not because you've <clears throat> like gotten a certain number of points or whatever, but because yep. you're actually getting more fluent yourself. And then yep. also it means, I think uh, because the slate of things that are uh, power-ups in platformers has become so well explored and codified often there's almost a a sort of paint by numbers it's like oh now you get the double jump like now you get to this and don't get me wrong i fucking love double jump double jump is is a a joy (laughs) but it you know that stuff was often pretty similar across games whereas in this game because everything's coming through the environment as you say there are just weird things I haven't seen in any of their game. Like the 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 level that has the weird blobby starfields that mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. first you just butt into and you're like I don't understand. Like I guess there's just roadblocks all over the level, but then eventually you're able to sort of swim through this in this swim through them in a way that is almost like flying, kind of, but is so specific to this game. And it's just wow, I've just never encountered 
this thing, or rarely mm-hmm. anyway, encountered this idea in a platformer because all the ideas are coming through this through the environment, which is just actually less way less explored than you know. Player mechanics, you know what it feels like really to me fun. a little bit like it feels like some of the levels almost feel like you're inside of like a pinball machine that somebody else is playing yeah. and you yeah. have to, oh, you are, so you're playing yeah. as the ball and have to kind of figure out like what vector to throw yourself on that will then like push you into the hole. Like it just, it feels like very, um, you know, you have to kind of look at every little element of the level and then figure out how you're going to use your one movement thing to just like yeah. bounce yourself yeah. off a thing. And like, it's just, and it's I very, would say very Meat satisfying. Boy has that too. I, I would yeah, say that's, that's what this game shares in common yeah. with Meat Boy is that you like load the level and you're like, all right, let's take this in. Like, mm-hmm. Let's figure out what's going on. And sometimes you have to play through it a couple, like try and fail a couple times to understand what the parameters are that you're even butting up against. Yeah. But like once you understand what to do, it's like, oh, it's on now. Yep. Let's do this. I mean, the nice thing about this game is it's just charming. I mean, it's just it's just a very like, pleasant yeah. game to play. And, it uh, is. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys didn't talk about the aesthetic of Celeste at all. That is a thing oh, that good I, point. when I think of Meat Boy and of Ori and the Blind Forest, I definitely and even something like N plus plus, the aesthetic is a huge deal. Yeah, it's is very that, is bold that, and yeah. Is that as uh, the case in Celeste as well, or is I it, I like how Celeste looks. I think it's very pleasant, and as, as Nick sort of said. It, it looks pretty functional, though. It is, like, yeah. Function it does, first. Yeah, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this isn't a game that I would... I'm not, like, bowled over by how amazingly beautiful it is or anything. Um, I think I'm also a, just a little bit wearied out by pixel art at this point. Sure. There's just been... It's been such a dominating force in indie games, particularly games of this type, for so many years now that I think... A lot of the um, it's funny though charm that Super Meat Boy is kind of worn off. Super Meat Boy, Spelunky, Ori and the Blind Forest, and N. None of those are pixel art games. That's true. That's a good point. Mm. Although some of them started off as pixel art games. Some I of guess. them did have pixel art progenitors. Yeah. Yeah. The pixel art progenitors <laughs> is uh, deep, deep lore. Once you get like eight levels deep in Celeste, uh, you finally get D-mix. to some weird, like two frame idling, uh, like Game Boy Final Fantasy elders who yeah. tell you who tell you things. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's Celeste. Unless you have any other no, I think Nick. that that about covers it. Actually, here let's cap it off with an email from Alex, who writes: A game called Celeste comes out on the twenty fifth of January. It's done by <laughs> Matt Makes Games, the developer behind Towerfall, which I would love to see thumbs play with couch multiplayer. Upon prompting, the developer described it as Dark Souls meets Mario. I want to see Nick play this. Thanks for being awesome as usual, thumbs. So there you go, Nick. The people demand you. Celeste has Celeste. M- same screen multiplayer. No, I think he just this person just wants he or she just wants to Oh, see just Nick wants us a couch co op just for us to mm-hmm. just all be in a room together playing yeah. it. I see. I see. Oh, uh, I don't know what that's what they mean, but I think they just they think this person is interested in seeing Nick play this game in some form or fashion. Yeah. However, Nick, however play it. Comes. Okay. I'll speed run it. Nice. Oh man. <laughs> You'll speed run it. This game this, this game is a good internalization game. Uh, there's it run. actually it's, it actually includes a built in speed run timer, which does, I, I feel yeah, like is actually uh, I thought you were about to say it does I thought you were about to say it does include a built-in internalization meter. <laughs> like, well, excuse oh, me. Uh, the game jam it came from is Wizard Jam. <laughs> uh, Nick, uh, you had you had something to talk about. You have played something called They Are Billions, which I yes. have absolutely no idea what that is. Even now. my assumption is that that's sort of like an HQ ripoff. Oh, my assumption <laughs> is that they're billions. <laughs> oh, by I I assume. I mean, Nick, please correct me if I'm wrong. But I assume that they are billions. Uh, they are. Are they? They are. Okay. 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 Um, That's good. <clears throat> yeah. No. This is a uh, a game 
by wow uh that's it they are billions <laughs> they are billions it's a game <laughs> they are billions uh, they are billions colon <laughs> or it's a smaller text a game <laughs> um sorry nick what's, yeah what's no this? it's uh, it's it's a it's a it's a sort what is of billions it's billions billions are um a uh uh it's a number that the, 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 so you, you play I'm sorry you, we've ruined nick we've broken you, yeah him. you're just Take Nick is now uh, Nick is now billions of pieces on the floor. <laughs> Nick is billions. Nick is billions times angry at us for ruining this segment. <laughs> Nick, what is they are classic billions? Let's hear, I hear your pl- uh, fuck, yeah. I, our classic segment. They are billions. Yeah, it's it's a strategy game. I'll I'll, I'll get that much out. Uh, yeah. what, what is there to say about that now? Uh, it's, a, it's a strategy game. So it's a strategy game that basically like if you took. Um, Oh gosh! Like, uh, um, oh fuck, fuck me! There's a game that's very much like this game, and I need to reference it. Hold oh, on, we're just restarting this billions? whole fucking segment. No, incorrect. <laughs> I really like that you said it's. Oh gosh! Oh fuck! Stronghold. <laughs> stronghold is what I'm trying to think of. <laughs> what is stronghold? I don't remember. Oh, you never played oh, stronghold. Stronghold. Oh, stronghold's fantastic. Stronghold's a game where you. Oh, the PC game from like ten years ago or fifteen years ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's essentially a wave okay, based anyway. RTS game. I mean, it's it's an RTS where you build up a base. Occasionally, like a wave of yeah. enemies will come and attack you, but if, otherwise, you're kind of managing resources. It's almost as if like uh, an Anno game included like a, a sort of wave based uh, like, like Anno under siege. Yeah, kind like of Anno billions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, An- there oh, like several. Anno, they are billions, but the years still add up like to adds up to nine or whatever. It's ni- <laughs> nine billion. <laughs> Um, what, what, um, there are seven or there, uh, 27 billion. So, so there are billions. You, it is similar. You like create a base and defend against, I assume billions. Yeah. It's got the same kind of resource chaining that like an anno game does. Um, and you're, you're sort of initially just, uh, carving out a little space, but I mean, it's, it's a very interesting game. It, 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 from an RTS standpoint, I haven't played a game quite like this where I'm immediately like my soul just feels crushed under the weight of like having to billions. just survive in this fun <laughs> of the billion pounds of weight. <laughs> like you just have to not get interrupted. You just have to keep just, going. Uh, it's it's never going to end. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, the name the name's actually kind of funny. So like, I mean, <laughs> well, I'll, t- I'll tell you a little story. I'll tell you a little story about about why this game is 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 hilarious. So you know, I'm playing the okay, game. Okay, wait, hold on, hold on. Before you do no, that, don't. What are you doing? You, no, no, no. Because I I actually genuinely okay. What is the game? I've confused myself. Yeah, please, just in a few sentences, yeah. describe the game from square one. Okay, uh, it's a strategy game where. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's ten please o'clock please now. It's ten o'clock. No, 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 no it's, it's okay. Just it's, keep. It's, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> You're just gonna do it again. You're just like, no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, 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 no. Just keep going. Just One billion shushes, Nick. I'm absolutely not going to. So let's hear it. Uh, <laughs> God damn it! You can make take your headphones out so you can't hear us. Yeah, and then just keep and Great. just keep going. I'll just record my own podcast. Uh, well, you can put them back in once you're done explaining yeah. what the game is. So the the premise of the game is that you're you're building up a colony. Uh, you start with like a handful of RTS style units little like soldier guys and you are you know plunking down buildings that collect resources or use those resources for instance like a house would needs a certain amount of food for you to place you place the house now the house gives you gold 
now you also have more you know population it's the same kind of like anno chain of like I yep. need I need to kind of constantly expand my base resource management and resource management and, and yeah. sort of you know like and so it's it's that mixed with like an immediate um, just surrounding horde of enemies right that right. like and the experience of playing this game reminds me a little bit of playing a game like Starcraft or something when you're a kid and you just kind of like ramp the difficulty up of like the artificial intelligence to like max and add like seven enemies around you and then just see how long you can survive. That's essentially like, and just like wall up in your base and, and just build a bunch of units. Like that is basically the conceit of this game, which is that it is a survival game. Like you survive as long as you can. And at the end of like, you're just inevitably going to die. And then it gives you a score based on how long you've, you've made it. So it's like as if mm -hmm. Anno, like you would hate this game, Chris. It's like as if what Anno, the, what if Anno they, at every they, moment of every, you know, every every second, you're just like impending doom is just like pushing right. in yeah, on you. Yeah, that sounds, that would ruin me. Yeah, yeah. What are the units in which the <clears throat> score is defined? Um, I believe it's... Are they billions? Uh, <laughs> there are scores and scores. <laughs> no, it's thousands. It's hundreds. It's a, they, they, they screwed up. Okay. Uh, Conceivably, though. Yeah, they really, they, they fucked it up. If you're good enough... Get, if you get good at the game, if you get yeah. over, if you get they to two billions. billion guys that uh, of, who have who have attempted to to beset you, yeah, then the words they are so, billions. <laughs> then you then that you finally get the delayed title card. Yeah, <laughs> it says they were billions. <laughs> All right, Nick. So what happened to you in this video game? Yeah, I mean, so you know, I'm I'm playing this there game and, and and basically the the god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep going. Just you, keep going. You, the, the game, the Nick, game has I'm a, trying to simulate the experience of you playing this game where you're just trying to explain it. That's not the experience it, of playing this game. You, it's not, that's not actually the experience. So I'll tell you what the experience of playing this <laughs> game is. You're just beset by a guy saying there are billions no, over and over no, no, again. No, no, like so, And like, no, asking not, if there were true. billions or not? Not true. Actually, the game holds you in suspense in that regard, which is what I'm trying to, the story I'm trying to tell here. <laughs> All right. If we can All stop right. saying oh. they are billions. Uh <laughs> Unclear. Children, That's possible, but uh, so, um, so you know, you're you you carve out this base. There's a there's a uh, counter uh, in the left corner that says you know day one. Um, over time, uh, the days go up, and uh, at a hundred days, you know, you can set these sort of starting uh, uh, conditions. You you can either try to make it to 120 days, which is easier because you have more time to prepare yep. um, for the sort of waves, but. Uh, the you know every every 10 days or so just like you know an increasingly large horde of enemies spawns on the map somewhere which already includes not billions but presumably hundreds of enemies um and uh and so you're you're all, you're trying to like carve out this horde that already exists and is populated on the map and then also they just spawn in like massive amounts of enemies that attack you at a at sort of like predetermined times you're doing this up to, you know, day 100 is your goal to survive. Uh, and it's really hard to even make it to, like, day 60. Like, it took me several playthroughs mm -hmm. to even, like, get a decent way into this game and even, like, discover the later tech trees because it's just really fucking difficult. Um, but, like, one time, I could, t I could tell just based on the seed of the map, like, oh, like, I started out sort of near a lake and there was, like, a forest near me and you know they when they spawn in when the enemies spawn in they spawn in from like a direction so it'll say like there's a horde approaching from the east and so you have like a minute to kind of build up your defenses on the eastern area of your map 
and kind of guess at like how they're going to uh, attack you. But you can also sort of engineer your base from the start to kind of um, like you you make you sort of make calculations as the game goes on. Like I'm going to expand just and far enough so that I'm creating a natural like choke point between these two areas of you know geometry on the map. Um, and so you're tr- you're just trying to make all of these preparations for these sort of north, south, east, west attacks without really knowing kind of what the end game is, which <clears throat> I kind of assume the end game would just be a larger horde of guys that just come from one direction. And so I, I finally had like the perfect seed where I'm just like fucking nailing everything. I've got like the end game units, which are just like big hulky guys with like rocket launchers. And so I, I, get, I have a quick question for you. <clears throat> yeah, Nick. go ahead. Sorry, you said that in this in this scenario you were near a lake. Was that strategically to your advantage because guys don't go across it, yes. or does that actually also mean that boats are going to just come up on no, you? No, the enemy types are actually fairly similar in the sense that they're like okay. zombies, faster zombies, big zombies. Like they're all just basically land based okay, so guys it's, it's that just, get funneled down tubes. You know, they're just they're basically mm-hmm. just you know they're they're just, just billions of guys funneled billion, down tubes. Billions of guys just getting funneled down tubes, and. Okay. Um, and from so, one direction, from yeah, and one so direction. I get to like day eighty-five. You're thinking, okay, there's probably going to be two more waves. I'm going to have to prepare for like one more wave that's sort of just like standardly difficult, and then probably like the end game thing. So I'm kind of like doing this calculation of like I shouldn't spend all of my resources yet. Uh, I'm going to sort of just continue to kind of you know expand my base and and, and sort of build up my walls and things, and. And like I get to like day eighty eight, and it just says like there's a horde coming. They are billions. And oh it's shit! Like oh it fuck! Happened. They finally they finally dropped the billions card. That's finally they are billions. Uh, and then I look, and at this point, you you build up sort of like radar towers that show you the mini map in like totality, like with perfect precision, so you can see all the dots on the map. Mm-hmm. It literally just spawns in a billion guys. Like up to that <laughs> point, it's just been hundreds. But it spawns in a billion. There are billions, and like my machine just like started chugging, and oh, like I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> do anything. Code is billions. Like I was, I was like, <laughs> which just means yeah, the game is actually going to destroy it, your. Computer. It's just unplayable. Like, like it's just like everything slowed <laughs> to a crawl. I could just see like you know just billions, like, like billions of guys just like tick tick ticking across the mini map without me being able to really do much about it. I started sending all billions of, my units of guys. Out. Tick, they're, tick, ticking. They're all is, coming uh, from different directions. <laughs> like, I just kind of threw my hands up and just watched a <laughs> slideshow of just billions yeah. of, of, of things just, like, demolishing this, like, perfect work that I had tried to construct. Yeah. We, oh, just that, that's went Under the assumption yeah, you're that, right that this is not my game. Oh, no, it is not your game at all. But it's a very good game, actually. Um, I, I, yeah. despite, Except when despite, it, like, makes it ruins your computer and makes itself unplayable because they it's, are billions? It's, it's early access, Chris. But... Uh, Yes, I. It's, do you it's, think? Do you think uh, this is going to be like Player Unknown Battlegrounds, sort of spawning the battle royale uh, genre, where now there will be like Anno, Anno, they are they are billions, uh, uh, or like people will just mod billions modes into other games. I they mean, just honestly uh, slowly spawn pockets of enemies Ratso, and then just destro- Fatso's billions. <laughs> Ratso, 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 oh man, billions. I would uh, make that game. 2027 or whatever, yeah. 20, 2000, billions, 2007, <laughs> an anno mod. Uh, yeah, where just in other games, there are now wave-based things that eventually end with it destroying your computer. Yeah. <laughs> the, the sort of 
thing yeah. that ties them in, in is that you then put as many NPCs as you possibly can into any game at the, after 100 units of time have passed, and then it erases your computer. <laughs> yeah, it's like that game that you can only play it once, and then it like deletes itself or whatever. Yeah, but what if it mm. said that they are billions first, and then erase itself? <laughs> that would feel way more... And the rest so, of your computer. Yeah, yeah. it would... It would have more meaning, I think. It would sort of feel mm-hmm. imbued with, mm-hmm. with importance. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, well, they are billions. They are billions. Eh, yeah. I mean, it's I. That was a weird segment uh, because I didn't really get to any talk about it at all. But it's fine. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually a very good game. Um, if you're in, if you appreciate the style of like an Anno game, but also like just enjoy playing really difficult like RTS scenarios. I think it's it's sort yeah. of like uh, it sounds like Nick Brecken's game. Yep. Yep, pretty much. All right. Well, let's take a break. <laughs> let's. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay. Nick, I'm genuinely sorry that that segment was as ruined as it was, but I'm not sorry that it was largely ruined. That's, I feel like it could have been 20% less ruined, and I'm sorry about that. That's but, fine. Uh, I, you, I think even if you don't think that you did, you made their billions or whatever it's fucking called. Uh I've totally forgotten the name of the Pretty game. Pretty sure now. that I know it's called... The one thing I know about this game for certain is that it's called Their Ability. They are... Yeah. You actually made that sound incredibly appealing. Yeah, I agree. I, I would really like, though, for... Uh, were someone to make a They Are Billions mod for other games like Anno, for it to be only triggerable by Twitch chat. What does that mean? Like, you're in the middle of building your perfect Anno city or, like, your fucking oh. planet coaster, and then if chat just starts screaming They Are Billions at a certain <laughs> threshold, the, the game just suddenly goes, actually, They Are Billions, and you're gated, like, oh, my God. It's by how many people are in Twitch chat. It's like an exponential factor right. of the number of people currently in Twitch it chat would in, in this channel. It weirdly encourage Twitch chat brigading of games that are known to have They Are Billions exploits in hidden in them. <laughs> so just, just normal games So, like, your Twitch chat gets beset by is, billions, but yeah. then they start demanding Demanding they are billions happens. Yeah, you're playing your your billions enabled dear Esther mode. Right, and, and then oh the fucking Twitch God. brigade comes in. Oh fuck, it's billions. Yeah, if your HUD in billions. any random game could suddenly say horde incoming, they are billions. And you, oh, why I was why did I stream this? I don't know what that would do to they are billions. Your PC just crashes. Your, instantly. Your, yeah, your computer just explodes. One, two, three, four, five, six. All right. Sorry, I was a little a little ahead on tempo there. One, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> Got to get that good tempo. I still feel like I was a couple beats ahead, but it's fine. What? One, two, three, four, five, six. I think we locked it in there. I think okay. I think we're good. <laughs> good. Good. <laughs> Given what a precise process this is, which is me basically just <laughs> mushing the files yeah, around until they basically sound right, yeah. I'm sure that that final tuning will make all the it difference. It seems like you, Chris, could say one, two, three, four, five, six, and oh, Nick could just fuck. join and in for the four, four five, five, six. We're doing it. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, that hurt me to listen to. That was, <laughs> I'm so excited. Wow, what a good idea. I'm really one of excited you, to One of you was an HPB like. and one was an LPB. <laughs> and it was Nick. Nick is the, I'm the HPB. Nick was the uh, HPB. If we had like an 8-bit Nintendo intro uh, for this show and we always introduce Nick as our, as our, as uh, our HPB. Resident <laughs> HPB. Yeah. Our non-resident HPB. <laughs> our Jesus. Our Nick a- is here with a non-resident HPB, HPB visa. <laughs> HPB Visa. Jesus. Those are in uh those are a pretty short order these days. Not a lot of HPBs I know, these yeah. days. Yep, yep. 
in 2018. Mm-mm. It's a hot button issue. I... Are high paying bastards stealing American jobs? <laughs> 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 All these overseas people with their high pings. <laughs> <laughs> Logging are, into our games. Are high ping bastards stealing American kills. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, God. This weekend, PUBG news. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, readers. Due to scheduling issues, this episode of Idle Thumbs was recorded over two different days. And due to technical issues on the second of these two days, Nick Brecken's microphone had some kind of malfunction, and we are left only with the backup audio from his webcam that we use to Skype during the recording. So the second half of this podcast, unfortunately, sounds bad. At least Nick's voice sounds bad. At least the recording of Nick's voice sounds bad. Nick's voice itself still sounds great, but you may not be able to tell because the recording is bad. Really sorry about that. We will have it fixed in the future. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Casper. Mattresses sent to your home to sleep on. Get this. This is a change since the last time we talked about Casper. There's three of them now. Jake, what do you think the three ones are called? Oh, uh, wait, hold on. I think one of them might be called The Wave. Oh, you're, oh my God, you're correct. That is true. Okay, uh, one yep. of them is called probably like maybe like the original or the classic. That's actually completely correct. The original Casper is also one. I will never guess <laughs> the third one because I only remember you talking about The Wave during the break. Uh, it is The Essential. Oh, I should have mm-hmm. known. Oh, you missed that. The original Casper, The Wave, and The Essential. Three options, three Casper options for you. Uh, to soothe and cradle your natural geometry, if you know what I mean. And if you ever struggle with staying cool at night, this will regulate that. It'll regulate that shit. Wow. Yeah. Think about it. And it comes in a tiny box that explodes (laughs) into your home (laughs) with a mattress (laughs) that comes out of it. And then it says, stay cool, I'm the wave. (laughs) You're like, wow, I'm so glad I picked this wave. Yep. Uh, you can try this yourself uh, if you go to casper.com slash thumbs and get $50 towards select mattresses, and that comes with a 100-night risk-free trial. And then it explodes. It says, regulate your cool. I'm the original. <laughs> and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Nick Brecken, I know you once had a Casper that you're now without being up in Canada. I am, yeah. Do you miss it? I miss it so much. Yeah, I wish your cool has been noted. Right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. your cool has been notably regulated. unregulated, Nick. <laughs> I know. Oh, Deregulation terrible. of cool. Yeah, has occurred. <laughs> uh, if you if you're really jonesing for that that cool regulation, head over to Casper.com/thumbs, Nick Brecken, to get fifty dollars towards select mattresses. This episode of Idle Thumbs is also brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace. As you surely know by now, is the fastest, the easiest, the most user-friendly and customer-supported way to make your very own professional website portfolio, blog, or online store. That's like one of my favorite collection of syllables in my repertoire. Mm. Just bang that right out because it's so true. Uh, I've started putting together. <laughs> it's mean, easy. It's fun to say because it's true. Well, I've started putting together a just sort of personal portfolio with Squarespace. I am making slow progress, but that is entirely on me and not on Squarespace. Um, the uh, the blocker is internal. 
Um, but if you go to squarespace.com, you can start setting up a website with no, uh, there's no strings or anything. You just start making it and do all the stuff and explore all the tools. And only when you are ready to check out, do you use the offer code THUMBS to get 10% off your first order. And if you have any problems uh, when you're making that website, they have 24-7 customer support. So you can always figure out what's going on and you never have to maintain it or patch it or update it or do any of that garbage. You just make a website. You can just let it rot away like a regular website. <laughs> but it'll yeah, but stay it'll, up, though, this but time. But it'll continue working on all devices yes. even as they While well, you, and the change. person who created it, n- neglects it. And eventually crumbles right to dust, as right. will we all. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll be dust, but you'll but be remembered website by your website. will still work responsibly So you can, in your devices. will, say, put my website on an iPad on my gravestone, comma, <laughs> It's a Squarespace website, so it'll well, still be up. Put it on an iPod, iPad or whatever the new one is. It'll definitely work with my Squarespace site. Yeah, after I'm a dusty skeleton. Signed me, a dus- dusty skeleton. Head over to squarespace.com. Use the offer code THUMBS for 10% off. This episode of Idle Thumbs is also brought to you by Movement Watches. Yeah. Affordable, stylish watches that you wear, and they tell you the time. That little yeah was real good. Well, it's... From the heart, Jake. Got that colloquial NPR man going. <laughs> is that what that is? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, keep talking about movement watches. Oh, that NPR that NPR guy knows what time it is. Because he's wearing a movement watch. I mean you can't tell because it's the radio, but he's he's there, he's got it. And he's selected from doubled the number of sizes formerly available for movement watches. Mm. Yeah, think about it. If you go to mvmt.com slash thumbs, you can get 15% off with free shipping and free returns. That's mvmt.com slash thumbs for a stylish watch, uh, as well as now additional accessories like women's bracelets and sunglasses, other things to complement your accessorized reality. Jake, you have a movement watch. I do. Yeah. It's a nice sort of minimalist one. Very suited to you, Jake. I would describe myself as nice and minimalist. Yeah. It's, I would say that is part of your aesthetic. Yeah. yeah sure. I've got a bunch of different styles, including that and some more involved styles. If, you fi- if you're more of an involved individual. Right. <laughs> if you'd consider yourself nice and involved. <laughs> if you head over to mvmt.com slash thumbs, browse all of these styles from nice and minimalist to nice and involved, uh, and get 15% off. That's mvmt.com slash thumbs. Enough of this capitalist nightmare. Let's talk about video oh, games. I need to add, I need to say one thing before we, we like, you get into your, your thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, Are we back? Are we yeah, back? we're back. We're yeah, back! Okay. Hey! <clears throat> uh, hey! It's been several days since we recorded uh, the first episode. God, podcast. I really wanted to say one week. Uh-huh. Oh, it's yeah. been one. Oh, yeah. I needed to say one thing about Celeste uh, because since we finished recording the first half, I finished the game. And oh, wow. I want to make sure that I don't sound like a douchebag on this podcast because <laughs> I describe. I think I just got done in, in the timeline of actually recording this podcast describing the game as like being in a pinball machine. And mm-hmm. then I like literally loaded the game up. Uh, like a couple hours after we finished that to play the level in which you are literally just ping-ponging off of like pinball, <laughs> like pinball, I like, mecha- you know, like, so like there's like, like a sonic mechanics. pinball it's basically, level. yeah, you're just, you're just a pinball guy. So like, anyway, so, I would so. describe it as like a pinball machine as the B-roll footage behind you is literally the pinball level. Yeah. yeah. I, 
no this idea. Is, but that's a metaphor yeah. reaching the incredible heights, Nick, of your <laughs> metaphor about me having 9,999 toads in Super Mario Run being equivalent to me having a football team consisting of 9,999 <laughs> players. That's the sort of metaphorical genius right. that right. we're dealing with here. Yep. Anyway. Is it, isn't uh, isn't a metaphor just when something literally is the thing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. What, that's what I was raised to believe. <laughs> I agree. This this yeah. I mean, it's almost a, it's almost as though there were <laughs> you are in a pinball. It's almost as though you're in a sort of life sized pinball construction. Yeah, if you could imagine such a thing. Right. Uh, well, I um I also have played a bunch more of it since we talked about it like five minutes ago in this podcast, but uh, with days ago in our lives. Um, podcasts are just weird, weird time warps that we exist in. And sometimes is how it feels to me. Uh, but uh, I played through what has been my least favorite part of it so far, which was a sort of boss. Let's describe it in sort of some sort of allegory first. It's <laughs> almost as though it was you were like escaping a boss. from a boss across the duration of the level while completing the game's sort of typical platforming. And it's almost mm-hmm. like you would die if you touched the boss at any point. It's kind of like that. Mm. Yeah, That's what it feels like. Kind of, it sort of gives you a sensation as though that were what is happening. You can bop him on the head, Chris. But That's true. You can bop it on the head. It's yeah. almost like you could do that. Yeah, you could. Um, yeah. I, I wasn't as big a fan of that. But I finally... Co- mainly because I myself needed to like get all the strawberries which are the sort of mm-hmm. in the game there are strawberries that are littered throughout the world and uh, there are, there's a finite number of them and if and you can collect them and you just the thing you get for having collected them is you have them now it's just sort of a it's like um it's like in a Mario game where you you know collect I don't actually even remember what they are in Mario games coins red coins <laughs> yeah like a yeah like a red coin or like a regular coin <laughs> You're, like a blue you're correct. I forgot that they were coins. I'm sorry. I'm not as Mario literate as it's. A, it's like <laughs> I'm not. It's like to... it's like those dots you collect in Pac-Man. What are those called? Dots. Oh, it's a pellet. Fuck. I'm not true. trying to do that. I'm just. I just had a moment of forgetfulness. Um, a Christ. Never mind. I'm ejecting out of this whole conversation. Sure. I didn't enjoy the boss level as much, but I'm. But I finally completed it, and I will. I intend to continue playing the game. The other thing I've been that I've honestly really been playing to a point where it's actually becoming sort of destructive, not uh, that's putting it too far destructive in my life, but definitely monopolizing my time in a way that is, has become unsatisfying to me because the game is so goddamn good is, uh, the new game from, I think his name is pronounced Michael Brog actually. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it would be, but I think that might be how his name is pronounced. He, it's spelled B R O U G H. Yeah, B R O U G H. Do you have you guys played anything by this this developer? Yes, um, he made like eight six eight hack and another he made kind Imbroglio? of Imbroglio, which yeah. I played a lot of, and I believe I talked about on this podcast yeah. some time <clears> ago. Um, this this new game is called Cinco Paus, C I N C O space P A U S, and it's kind of like uh, Imbroglio in that it's a uh, iPhone or maybe also Android uh, roguelike in which each level is sort of one screen on your iPhone and you move around it and the enemies move as you move in I guess classic sort of rogue fashion um, 
the thing, a thing that is very notable about this game when you start is that it is entirely in Portuguese, and there is, that is not a setting you can change. It is like mm-hmm. that for everyone, regardless of what territory in which you reside. Uh, and so the what that essentially means is if you don't speak Portuguese, which I assume is a majority of the audience of this game, uh, it means you af- essentially have to just figure out all the rules yourself. It's essentially sort of a tongue-in-cheek way to completely obscure what the rules of the game are, and you have to just learn them through playing. And it's wonderful. I mean, it's kind of wonderful. It's a... It's so strange, um, and the game has a ton of one-star reviews on the App Store, presumably because people <coughs> assume this is like a bug that they can't change the language, but it is clearly intentional. And I, uh, the way the game works is you have five wands, I think that, which I think is referred to in the name of the game, uh, and each wand at the beginning, they're what they do is totally randomized and secret at the beginning. So when you use a wand, it'll do some stuff. It might sort of take one point of damage off an enemy. It might um, cause an explosion that does a splash radius and does a point of damage to everyone in that splash radius. It might pick up a piece of treasure if if the wa- if the sort of like blast if from the, the wand, treasure wand passes over uh, the treasure. There's a, there's just a it might duplicate an enemy or a piece of treasure if it passes the over that wand. thing. Uh, and the more you use the wand, the more the more you see little icons that show up next to the wand that show what it does. Some of them are very obvious. Some of them are less obvious. And because the sort of tooltips are not in a language m- probably most players are conversant in, you have to just keep playing until you understand what the wands do. And some of them took me a very long time to understand. <coughs> And then the way this works is essentially every playthrough of the game has five levels. And if you successfully complete all five levels, you're taken back to the start screen of the game. And then when you start the next level, the next sort of playthrough, your point total picks up from where you left off mm. the previous game. So the point of the game is to try and like chain, chain through as many yeah. playthroughs as you can without dying. Because once you die, you lose your whole chain. Uh, there's some other stuff in terms of being able to collect artifacts that persist over games as well. It's not really worth getting into here. Uh, but essentially, it means it's a it's a high-score thing that chains together a bunch of game playthroughs in a permadeath uh, with a sort of permadeath requirement. Um, I think my high score is something like 260 or 270, which means nothing if you're just listening to this and haven't played it. But if you have played the game, that will mean something to you. Uh, anyway, the game is called Syncopaus, C-I-N-C-O space P-A-U-S, and I need to delete it off my phone because I want to play it all the time uh, because it is so good and so addictive and compelling. And just I got a lot of mileage initially out of sort of learning the rules, and now I'm getting a lot of mileage out of just becoming really expert. It's one of those games where as I play it, Nick, I feel like you might be someone who could relate to this. Mm -hmm. And if not, then I'm just going to say something very embarrassing, Mm -hmm. uh, which is that when I'm playing it, there are moments when you are in a really difficult spot. And let's say you're like five chained playthroughs deep. So it's very risky. And you're like, fuck, I have this wand and I know some of the stuff it does, but I don't know all the stuff it does. And I'm going to fire it in this direction. And what could happen is I could fucking blow up all those enemies. And another thing that could happen is I teleport right into the middle of all of them and they destroy me. And I and so it's a lot of it is sort of risk assessment. 
and your kind of just intuition after playing enough of the game to get a sense of how this sort of flow works uh, combined with just rolling the dice sometimes. Um, and I'll have moments where I'll pull something off that feels incredible because it's a combination of a bit of luck combined with my deep understanding of the game and then it works and I'm like, oh shit. And I have this shameful, hilarious, <clears throat> horrible thing where I imagine myself like participating in an esports event where I'm playing <laughs> this and it's like on a big screen and there's oh, yeah. thousands of people <clears throat> in a stadium yeah. and like all of them understand <laughs> sort of everything that's at stake <laughs> because they understand the game very deeply, you yeah. know? And then they see me do the thing and there's like, a, oh no, because everything takes like right. a couple seconds to mm. play out and then it works. And I just imagine people going like, blah. And I'm like, oh, shit, you know, and then you complete the chain and go to the yeah. next playthrough. It's so dorky and embarrassing and ridiculous, <laughs> but it, 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 it sort of creates that kind of feeling because you're making these bets that right. sometimes fail, but sometimes pay off. Mm -hmm. And it's it's the way that um, I guess gambling kind of is where, depending on the game, at least, it's a combination of luck, but also your skill kind of in conversation with luck. Right, you're and sort of learned intuitions playing against sort of what's against the yeah, odds, basically. Yeah. yeah, and it's so satisfying. And it's, <laughs> it's yeah, it's... Anyway, Cinco Paus, it's very good. You should... Okay, I'm about to say a stupid sentence because it's a phone game, but it would probably be really fun to stream that game. Yeah, I don't know how I would do that. I think that it I... It also kind of requires the audience to understand it. I guess I could talk, talk through it. Yeah. That'd be kind yeah. of fun. Um, all right, well, you should we do some reader mail unless either of you sure. have anything else? Okay. Yeah, let's reader mail it. Um, this, is a, this is a fun one. Chris Gwynn writes, On a recent podcast, you lamented there is no longer hardware capable of playing Flappy Bird. This is not true, but probably not in the way you think. In October 2016, my family and I decided to go on a short trip to the Wisconsin Dells. We stayed at one of the weird water park resorts there, and I took a couple of trips to the arcade with the kids. While I was there, I saw a bizarre sight, a Flappy Bird arcade machine. Yep. <laughs> I was surprised and delighted. So I took a picture, uh, which I've attached. But where did this thing come from? Who ported Flappy Bird to arcade and how? Is it officially licensed? I got curious after listening to Idle Thumbs number 315 and did some digging. The arcade version is made by Baytech Games of Wisconsin. There is nothing about Baytech Games that makes you think they would port iOS games to arcade hardware, although they are part of a conglomerate called The Village that is the weirdest assortment of businesses I've ever seen. It took some digging, but I found the service manual for the game. Sadly, it isn't just a phone in a big box. I couldn't manage to track down the part numbers either, so I have no idea what's running this thing inside of it. I'm assuming it's the Android version of Flappy Bird with some extra hardware, but that wouldn't explain how it can spit out tickets. Clearly, it can output the score in some way. I'm tempted to call Baytech, but maybe this mystery will need to be solved by someone else. And no, I didn't play it. I've never played any version of Flappy Bird. Hope this is interesting. Chris Gwynn. P.S. They also had a Crossy Road game from a different company. Somehow that seems less strange to me. It's just a big box with a little Windows PC inside, and we already knew there was a Windows port of Crossy Road. <clears throat> yeah, that is bizarre. <clears throat> I will say you missed out by not playing Flappy Bird. It's a great game. Oh yeah, Flappy Bird is great. If I if I were there, it would have ruined my Chris, vacation. Chris, what if you could have played a Flappy Bird I've, that would give you tickets as a reward for yeah, doing? Yeah, well. I would have just <laughs> sat there playing Flappy Bird for the whole time while my kids, my hypothetical non-existent kids, are like gone on water slides over there. Yeah, or like drowning or whatever. <laughs> well, you are drowning in tickets, celebrating yep, your success. Uh -huh, yep. <laughs> and then drowning in prizes for my dead kids. Well, that was dark. <laughs> Sorry. Jesus. This game has caused me nothing but trouble, so I have erased it. 
<laughs> Too late. <it> turns <laughs> what, out. what was the actual Flappy Bird quote? It was something like that. Oh yeah, right. This game has <laughs> ruined my simple life. Or yeah, whatever. that's what yeah. you say after that Flappy Bird arcade scenario happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So I mean, you should explain what what you're referring to. Uh, the the guy who created Flappy Bird created it and put it up, and then Flappy Bird blew up in a huge way. And he was basically rich overnight, it seemed like, from, yeah. from not from, from App Store, revenue. but from ad revenue, right? Because yeah. it was a Unity game made with a Unity ads thing, I think. Uh, and it seemed like it was just overwhelming with both the attention and money he had received. So he said, this game has ruined my simple life, so I have erased it or something. And then yeah. he, he put it back in a different form eventually that was worse, I think. Yeah. I think that there's like the but original simple. Wait, can you actually still get Flappy Bird on the App Store? I, thought I it was think totally you can get gone. a different variant of Flappy Bird. The original sure. Flappy Bird, <coughs> known as just Flappy Bird, is is no more. Yeah. Uh, mm. Unless you have a phone running iOS 10 and never erased the original Flappy Bird. And I loved Flappy Bird. You were I got really good at Flappy Bird and played a lot of it. Yeah, it's the kind of dumb thing that I'm super susceptible to. I mean, it's when I say dumb, I don't mean that the game itself was bad. It was actually like a great. Yep. And then he put out the the sort of spiritual successor that was the game where you were a guy with like a helicopter on your head or something like that. And that game was fucking hard. And then he made it easy and lame after like two days. So there was that like forty eight hour window of there being an amazing successor to Flappy Bird that then everyone complained was hard. I mean, if you search for Flappy Bird on the App Store, there's definitely nothing that comes up that looks like actual. I mean, it's all just ripoffs. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to go to that water park. Yeah. I hope that was the. I hope that is the one, like, way that Flappy Bird legitimately continues to exist. Is that he thought this would be a low-profile enough like way, like a big one-button arcade yeah. cabinet? Yep. <laughs> Just licensing it to this weird Wisconsin company. Also, uh, this person's right that the holding company or whatever it is called the village that owns Baytech games is a very odd it's I went to their website and it is just a company that itself owns a bunch of other Wisconsin companies that have nothing in common there's like a sporting goods thing and some kind of like metalworking or machining or something division and then also just a video game what if they division. all have the Flappy Birds license <laughs> <laughs> yeah Felix writes in a past episode of Idle Thumbs, you mentioned the idea of having a game that lets you play split screen and still have full display, but the perspectives would only be able to be seen by wearing glasses or colored filters. Well, your concoction to revolutionize split screen gaming has become a reality, just not in the way you expected. And then he or she links to something called Miraviz, M-A-R-R-A-V-I-Z, which is a very interesting technology. I'll explain it in a second. Anyway, uh, this Reader concludes, keep up the great podcast. I'm keeping it spicy down here in Australia. Thanks, Felix. Um, so did you guys look this up? Did you see what this was? I did, but it's been days and I've now forgotten what it was. This is a, yeah. I don't entirely understand how this works, but it's a, it is a special <clears throat> projector and a special projector screen that you install and it shows an entirely different image depending on the angle that you're viewing it at. So if you have two different people sitting on a couch and one is like so, sort of looking- You need a le- special screen for it? Yes. Okay. And one is looking left at 15 degrees. The other person's on the other side looking right from, at 15 degrees. They will see two totally different images. And they can play- I wonder if that's just like a micro level version of sort of like the folded paper like illusion. Yeah, like lenticular yeah. thing. But the projectors are a, offset I, by just, just the right angles. I'm looking at a quote here something. from, from yeah. them if you guys want me to explain what this sure. actually is. Yeah. This is the basic it. physics principle for one of the key optical layers includes the use of retro reflection optical elements, which are also used in traffic ah, signage course. and bicycle reflectors. 
The basic idea behind retroreflection is that light reaching one of the uh, retroreflection elements will be reflected back to the source of the light, regardless of the incident angle. This is different from typical reflective surfaces, etc., etc. So there you go. It's like uh, it's like a sign. Or a bicycle, bicycle reflector. <laughs> like there you go. It's there basically go. like a traffic sign. Well, I mean, yeah. those are... I believe you that that's true, but I don't, still don't really The intent that. behind traffic signs is to focus the reflection just back yeah. on you oh, so okay, that they're not I just see. shining yeah. all the time. Got it. But I don't know how that works. I don't understand how that, under, yeah, that works with multiple. I don't... Yeah. I mean, Let's just assume it, that it, it is patented. It seems to work that you can watch a video of it where the camera sort of, you know, moves and you can see so the So if you're like change. the third sibling who's playing this console, it sucks probably. I don't know. I don't know if it's an, if it's just two or if it's an arbitrary number or what. I don't yeah. know. It's very interesting though. He likes his PlayStation I mean, I 4. I, I, she likes her Xbox. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that was This actually, wedding's over. That actually was something that was sort of, <laughs> if you watched the CEO or whoever of this company explain it, it was actually kind of a bummer. Because oh it was, no! Because it was like, it's like I like my sports. No, well, no, not not in that way. But <laughs> okay. it, but it, it more in a more in a more generalized, non-gender specific way, where it was something like oh. these days everyone's just on their own devices, ignoring each other. But what if you could be sitting on the same couch, each doing your own thing and like not communicating? <laughs> well, you, that's like, that's yeah, literally the same as one person I, just I, has an iPad. I, I know. But I, what I, if instead you have a bespoke projector yeah, system installed in yeah, your home? Yeah, it's like one person could be watching a movie and the other person could be playing their video game. Because I mean, it was exactly. Exactly that. It was like <laughs> the other person could have a blank screen <laughs> and ear dampening uh, headphones. This—that's the most sort of like sad 1950s household thing, right? Mm. What just TV dinners? And, yeah, but yeah. just like you, your TV could have two different things at once. Yeah. Yep. So. so the kids can watch their cartoons. So that's what that is. That's weird. It is very yeah. weird. One note about that, real quick though, uh, the split screen thing. Doing that in a movie theater and just giving people slightly different movies. <laughs> oh, the sound- Where the ending is just slightly different. Yeah, the soundtrack is, is the same, same, but like one person sees the killer quietly <laughs> walk away and the other person doesn't. Oh, shit. <laughs> or something like yeah. that, you know, yeah. where it's just a quiet moment and it's either the shot or the reverse shot, depending on which side of the theater you're on. Or if you're dead in the middle, it's the artiest art film and you're like, <laughs> what is this? Just like sort of half blob. In either case, double exposure. In either case, it's all the same until the very end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, <laughs> what? Weird ending to that movie huh and everyone agrees with you but for different reasons right <laughs> yes yeah oh that would be so good to do that and not tell anyone right not issue a press God. release about weird it. ending huh is correct yeah. <laughs> yeah like i saw the guy what i don't think <laughs> you mean, i mean what's the no, guy? i thought it was weird that oh, you didn't the other guy who like what the what guy like, oh, I, I thought, thought it was just that strange shot. It was really interesting oh, just like how it was just kind of weird and impressionistic and sort of just <laughs> just blurry and weird yeah Man, that would be an incredible, strange... That's the only valid use Yeah, for this. that is definitely the, the highest calling of this technology. To annoy moviegoers for one shot after this ex- <laughs> super expensive installation where you have to install <laughs> two whole new projectors and a new full <laughs> new movie screen. screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, if the screen is backwards compatible with normal screens, then you're fine. Yeah, I don't know if it is. I don't know either. It probably is. Okay. Uh, I declare that it is. Eric writes, Far Cry 2 is now backwards compatible on Xbox One. Signed, Eric. Weigh in number six on the forums. Hey, sweet. Good news. Important news. Yeah. Play Far Cry 2. Now you can can introduce uh, your friends to this... this baffling and infuriating game that we deeply love and think everyone should love, but a lot of people don't. But really, just go buy it on Steam. It's probably cheap many times a year. That's true. That's the better version. But if you only have an Xbox device of some sort. That's true. Yeah. 
Use the fact that it's on Xbox to tell your friend to go play the PC version. Zenith writes, Jake's theory about why Zelda and Sheik's abilities have to be kept separate to maintain Link's dimension-napped plot innocence (laughs) has actually been lent a certain amount of credence by HAL Laboratory, given the most recent versions of Smash fully separate Zelda and Sheik into their own selectable characters, replacing the transformation abilities. Zelda gained a Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks reference in the form of a Phantom Summon special, and Sheik sadly gained yet another acrobatic ninja ability instead of something more flavorful like a Magic Harp special. Lore aside, this was generally seen as a smart design move because player that, players that favored one form over the other simply stayed in that form, and there were never any Pokemon trainer-like mechanics encouraging or punishing the decision, plus the transformation ability itself just opened her up to a free attack. Uh, Zenith from San Francisco. P.S. This design approach was also extended to Samus and Zero Suit Samus, so what does this say about people's plot innocence about the ending of the first Metroid? I don't remember what, what happens at the end of the first Metroid. I think it's Samus has not got the suit on anymore, and you go, oh, it's a girl. Yeah. Oh, oh, I see. That, okay, right. But now they can coexist. Not the plot ending, I, I see. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that says about Samus and Samus. I feel like it actually invalidates my Zelda theory, not confirms it, because now Zelda and Sheik can coexist on the same screen before what the your, eyes of Link. I don't even remember what your theory was. Oh, that I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was about trying to hide the transformation from Link. I can't remember anymore. I totally can't remember. Maybe it, they're right. They're probably right. God, I can't recall at all. I thought it was where does Smash Brothers fit in the Zelda continuity? Oh, right. It was something like that. Yeah. Oh, man. I can't. I can't oh, my God. Well, it's a monthly podcast, folks. <laughs> Stay tuned next month when Jake resolves this fascinating theory. Half of you will hear one uh, convincing resolution. Another half of you will hear an entirely different. And the people right on the edge will hear. And the people in the middle, yeah, will just hear the audio difference between the two, which will be completely (laughs) incomprehensible. Disgusting. Yeah, stay tuned for 10 minutes after this podcast when I go back and listen to last week's episode and go, oh, yeah, that's what it was. And then maybe put a tweet out about it in a couple days or forget (laughs) by next podcast. Well, that's the good content that people come here for. It is. <laughs> Ruslan writes, "I love you guys." What? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Thanks, thanks, Ruslan. I love thanks. you too, Nick. But you can use your real name. <laughs> um. Oh my God, we have so much more email. I didn't read. I didn't even realize this. Holy shit! Do you guys have a few more minutes? Yeah, I do. Like ten minutes. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Vincent Stoll writes, "Hello, Idle Thumbs." Hi, Vincent. The day after Nintendo's announcement of Labo. Oh, we haven't talked about Labo. Whoa, we haven't talked about Labo. Oh. Are you guys stoked about Labo? I love Labo. Labo's I'm great. really excited. I'm really excited about stupid Labo. What is Labo? I mean, I know what it is, but what is it? It's a new sort of line of like craft toys that Nintendo has announced for the Switch. It's basically um, like sort of maker culture style toys that are basically large pieces of cardboard that are pre-scored to be folded together in a kind of in an Ikea or Lego style to make like one of the examples is like a little cardboard toy piano or um, like a fishing pole or there's even one where you can build like a backpack that has little strings that connect to shoes and fists and it's a, a robot and the way that it, the way that it actually works and is more than cardboard is that you is genius it's so fucking good god you slide you disconnect the joy cons from the sides of your switch and slide them into various 
places inside of these little Labo arts and crafts, like paper fold things that you make. And it uses all of the sort of Wii style technology that's inside of the Joy-Cons to communicate back to the Switch with what's going on. So like the craziest example is um, one of the two Joy-Cons has an IR camera in the bottom of it that's not used for a lot that I know of right now. But what the IR camera side of the Joy-Con points into the back of the piano and it has on each of the little cardboard keys there's little reflective white dots and the camera just looks and sees which of those dots moves and then tells the switch to play a piano sound effect. That's so strange and like and the, interesting. The way the robot one works, the backpack is so big because the camera needs to be able to see inside it because the strings that connect the shoes to the backpack and the fists to the backpack are actually sliding white lines up and down like on a sort of like pulley system um, so that when you extend your arm to punch, a little white line moves up inside the backpack because it sort of gets pulled by the string, and the camera sees that, and the farther you extend or retract your arm, it maps that to a mech inside of the video game. So as you stomp around and swing your arms, like it ends up replicating... Uh, like what looks like demos for like virtual reality things for like for mm. using like Vive controllers, but it's done in like it's in real the actual world. Yeah, it's in the actual world with a cardboard thing you made. It basically is like Nintendo. Do you remember when that Jack Black movie, uh, the Jack Black and Michelle Gondry movie, Be Kind Rewind, came out, and it yeah. was the, it was like mm-hmm. Jack Black did, like accidentally erased all the videos in his home video store, then remade them real quick out of cardboard, and it was like the most sort of loving and cute aesthetic in the world. This feels like Nintendo looked at all of the weird future tech stuff that everyone was doing and went, ah, what if instead we just made a made them out of cardboard and they were just as fun? And that's the feeling that I got. And then mm-hmm. I, that was like their initial announcement. Then it came out that there's in fact like build your own construction kits in the software where you can actually say, okay, if the IR camera sees this... Like design your own. Then, yeah, then that means do this thing in the game so or on screen so you can sort of chain your own inputs and outputs together along with your own cardboard construction. I think it's awesome. I mean, it's... <sighs> Yeah, for everyone right. who lived through sort of the rock band and like Tony Hawk plastic skateboard controller uh, era of mm-hmm. video game peripherals, it's so fucking good that Nintendo made ones that if they break, you can put tape on them and they're fine. <laughs> yeah. If you're done with them, you can recycle them or literally flat pack them into yeah. sheets of paper that just go into a shelf. I mean, like to, to be fair, it would not be practical to to release a Guitar Hero or a Rock Band game with cardboard. No instruments because they just wouldn't hold up to the how you want to treat no. those. But I know what you mean. I, I mean, mean, like even like or the Wii Sports era where are... people were like steering wheels and tennis rackets yeah, yeah, and all yeah, this yeah, stuff yeah, for yeah, just yeah, like yeah. kind of just augmented waggling. Yep, definitely. Uh, this is a new the new tier of and augmented these are waggling. actually more intricate and interesting. Yes, but also they aren't going to just like stay in your house. Yeah, I, I the like that building life. them is part of it. I like that Nintendo really heavily promoted just like letting kids color them in with markers and just draw all over them. Like it's it's just it's really good and it pairs with the Switch hardware in such a creative way that feels like kind of a vindication of, of, or like just a good, really positive use of all of the weird gimmicky shit that Nintendo's been putting in their systems for a long time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm really excited about that Labo. I said I wouldn't order one, and then I pre-ordered it. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you bear something in common with this reader, Vincent, who says, the day after Nintendo's announcement of Labo, I went on Amazon to see if pre-orders were up already. They were not. But instead, I found the mobile game to end all mobile games. Please enjoy the description of uh, <laughs> Consumer Game War dot improved. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what somehow came up when he searched for Nintendo Labo uh, on Amazon. And 
the product features of <laughs> consumer game war dot improved uh that's like war dot improved is one thing as though it were a url okay so consumer space game space war dot improved product features you can learn fun history of the game it becomes the emotional feeling to be played a long time ago now that you mention it this is applicable to know the history of the game. I do not collect to the history enthusiast that Mario gains control of the Japanese market Pokemon exhaustively. Hot development begins now. Is the present age the times to be able to enjoy a game free anywhere with a smartphone even when? However, I ever paid money and played a game in a house. Okay, Having been a come able to enjoy an expensive game of the quality like now, this is because there are ancient people who made a game market. <laughs> Not only Nintendo and Sony, but also Tommy Takara participated in the game industry and made the history. Many dramas and laughter are born in the market when a fierce battle is developed. It does not stop to the last when I begin to look. In the quality such as the movie, I can enjoy the history of the game. What kind of one is it recommended in? The person who likes a game. The person who likes the history. The person who likes war. The person who likes great erudition. In fact, the person who <laughs> likes having been the person who likes hot development. It is such contents. The style, I like that. It is such contents. The style is being made conscious of the super robot Great War. For 1,975 years, I begin with the birth of the company in an epoch. When the history knows an appearance company, the apparatus sequentially because there is much information because watching application, I can enjoy it more. Being surprised whether the appearance company entered the company such as learning meeting for the study, <laughs> Casio from influential figures such as Nintendo, Sony a lot. The apparatus comes up diversely from good old TV tennis to the present age of PS3. Because Donkey Kong, a celebrity place including Mario, are introduced, the software is easy to get close. You've activated like three AIs in the world by reading that. <laughs> that that was somehow an encrypted piece of information. Yep. Well, Donkey Kongs. Mm-hmm. Did you see that movie King of Kong when it came out about the Donkey Kong Championship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see? Did you see that, Nick? Yeah. 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 You know, do you remember how it's kind of the story of like the down home guy and then sort of the the like douchey '80s guy with like '80s hair who was like the hotshot champion yeah. guy? But his own hot sauce. Brand yeah, somehow that, also. Oh, so he eventually ended up just destroying the sort of nice regular guy's record from the movie. And right. it recently, a big scandal has broken out in the Donkey Kong. Recently, like now? Like the last two weeks. Oh, wow. Okay, I have not that, seen this. Uh, he has been submitting his scores to the sort of regulating body of Donkey Kong arcade scores. Of is which, that Twin Galaxies? Yeah. He's been submitting scores that have just been demolishing people. And someone finally, like, they're just camcorder shots or, like, direct capture off of off of what looks like a CRT. And uh, a few people on Donkey Kong Forum have become suspicious of it. And I may be not up to date on the latest, but when I read yeah. about this a couple days ago, they had started going through, like, field by field and frame by frame and looking at how the screen refreshes when it draws levels. Whoa. And found out that he was playing on a sort of jacked version of an old version of MAME. Oh, and then shit. running it through filters. Oh man! And they're like, "Yeah, the hardware board doesn't refresh like that, but Mame does." Uh, oh shit! And they think that he has been basically cheating and doing what we talk about with like Gordon Freeman style, like perfect run throughs, yeah. where he'll like run in Mame, then back up, then run, then back up, and then release an, uh, a Mame playback of his ideal playthrough as if he's playing it on Donkey Kong hardware. Anyway, wow. that has nothing to do with anything. Do you other remember than the, that because Donkey Kong? Yes, because it said Donkey Kong, <laughs> and I was just reading that article a couple days ago. Yeah, and went, "Wow, Billy Mitchell might be a big cheater." 
I thought there were already suspicions that he was some kind of cheater, although definitely not to the yeah, extent but this, this that is this, this like that's an intense. I, I don't know what what the resolution is, but like the big Donkey Kong website. The, like where all these people play that isn't the Twin Galaxies regulatory body, but the sort of this website that posts its own scores has said just as of sort of as, the, as the, they have decided to to their own satisfaction that that guy who was like the sleaziest dude in that documentary, yeah, is in fact cheating, and wow, they've stricken his scores from good, like, their site. Cosmic justice, yeah. Well, yeah. the cosmic justice was that he was apparently using Mame. <laughs> well, no, but I mean the cosmic justice is that he's been found out. Yeah, no, it's it's it's. He's been proven to be the way that he carries himself. Yeah, I'll find that forum and yeah. send it to you, Chris, so we can go in the show notes. Because just looking at their step by steps and the and like the screen grabs of how Donkey Kong redraws, it is a level of obsession yeah. that you appreciate, especially if you ever watched King of Kong. Like the level of level sure. of obsession that these people have with this game, but just seeing it applied to unmasking a cheater in the professional yeah. circuit of an ancient arcade game is pretty fun. That's amazing. All right, well, that's uh, I think that's about it for this episode of Idle Thumbs. All Anything right. Anything else from you guys? No. All I right. Think we're good. Well, I think so too. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this episode of Idle Thumbs. We will be back uh, mid month with an episode of the Idle Thumbs Ruination Online, which is our uh, monthly live stream and podcast that we do for people who are high tier backers of our Patreon campaign. And you can find that at patreon.com slash idle thumbs. We'll be back a couple weeks after that with another episode of this podcast, the Idle Thumbs Video Game Podcast. If you like this show, uh, recommend it to a friend. It means a lot to us, and that's the, uh, really the only way we've grown over the years. Um, and if you ha- want to send us anything to be addressed or read on this podcast uh, relating to video game observations or questions, send them to questions at idlethumbs.net. And uh, we will use our mouths to communicate them and respond. Our website is idlethumbspodcast.com, and you can subscribe to the podcast there or uh, find out other things, I guess. I don't know. All right, that's it. That's it for Idle Thumbs. <laughs> for Idle Thumbs, I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. Bye. Bye. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you is by Snyder's of Hanover. It's brought to you by Crinkling Wrappers. <laughs> A new <laughs> ASMR sensation. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>